I'm Tom Kay, the founder of Finisterre. In 2003, I started a pioneering outdoor clothing brand, born from my love of the sea and a deep belief there's a better way of making product. Driven by sustainability and innovation, as well as building a great culture, it's pushed me harder than I ever imagined. We believe that by connecting people to the sea, we can inspire people to take action and protect it. You protect what you love. We build products to enable this connection, celebrating incredible stories of the sea and are constantly pushing the boundaries in all we do, come hell or high water. My name is Lawrence Stafford, and you're listening to Hell or High Water, a Finisterre podcast exploring the depths of our oceans and the resilience of the human spirit. Welcome back. This week for episode seven of the show, we have a slightly different setup to celebrate the launch of our latest collaboration with the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, AKA the RNLI. Born from a shared love and respect for the sea, our collaboration with the RNLI draws inspiration from British seafaring heritage and the hardiness of the human spirit. With 10% of every sale from the collection going to support the vital work of the charity that saves lives at sea. Together we believe with a passion and courage, ordinary people can do extraordinary things. Our collaboration celebrates the fortitude of those volunteer crews who brave the ocean's unfathomable power to keep their communities safe. As such, we caught up with four volunteer lifeboat crew members from stations around the UK to hear their stories. Here is a little background for you on our guests. First up, Emily Haig, a marine biologist and crew member of the RNLI Ansruther lifeboat, meaning she spends a great deal of time at sea, and with a partner on the St Andrews Coast Guard rescue team, helping people at sea seems to very much be a family business. Next, we have Josh Owens, holding two positions at Portsmouth Lifeboat Station, both as an inshore crew member and as the station's boathouse manager. He also happens to be a rising star of TikTok, amounting over 23,000 followers whom he shares safety advice and a peek behind the scenes of a busy lifeboat station. We have Mally Parry-Jones, a long-standing 10-year RNLI volunteer based at Porth and Klein, situated on the Lynn Peninsula on the northwest coast of Wales. Mally is a TV producer in her day job. She is a fully qualified navigator aboard the all-weather lifeboat, the John D. Spicer, as well as one of the casualty carers. We have Peter Doyle, a paramedic, RNLI volunteer and soon-to-be firefighter, the trifecta of life-saving, you might say. Peter is a man whose entire career is built on saving lives, a volunteer from the Teddington Lifeboat Station, one of the vital RNLI stations along the Thames. He brings a wealth of valuable experience to his role in the crew. So without further ado, here's episode seven, With Courage, an RNLI special. What inspired you to join your local RNLI crew and uh, lifeboat crew? Was there a specific incident or moment that made you want to volunteer? Peter? Um, well, I'd, I'd recently joined um, the ambulance service um, to, to, to be a paramedic on the ambulance. I was working with two other crew members who were both within the RNLI. Uh, they told me all about it. They told me about these Thames stations that I'd not had any sort of understanding of in the past. Obviously, I knew that they were a coastal-based um, service. I knew that they were, they were very good at what they did, and I never thought that I could ever be on a boat. So it was just coming down to the station and, and meeting the people, uh, getting to know them, and, and they were very keen to, to have me on board. 
and everything that I've learned from a boat has been through through the R and I, and it's it's been it's been great. There's such a good bunch of people, so professional with their their training and everything they teach us. It's it's just been it's been really good, and I've I've wanted to to keep it and 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 keep going with it. Emily. So I've always looked at the RNA lifeboat volunteers as superheroes. You see the orange boats and you see the, the yellow outfits and them going out to sea in all weathers. And I just thought that they were absolute superheroes. Crazy strong men. I didn't particularly realise that there was many women in the crew. And I watched actually Saving Lives at Sea and that really inspired me to join along with my partner being in the Coast Guard. I was watching him go out on rescues and going and hearing his stories of helping people and giving up his time to give something back to the community and I really felt like I want to do that, I want to give something back but I don't want to be on land like what the Coast Guard are, I want to be at sea and I want to be one of those people wearing the yellow outfits on the orange boat. Um, I never really thought I'd get in but I went down and was welcomed with open arms by the fantastic team who were really excited to have an extra woman on board. And it's been a fantastic process ever since. I'm so grateful um, to be part of the Anstra, the RNLI lifeboat crew. Josh. Sorry, don't worry, that's me, Evan. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I mean, initially, I didn't actually know that much about the RNLI. I've I've heard about them, um, but not really the specifics. And I ended up going to uh, an event run by Portsmouth Lifeboat Station um, I started hearing more about what they'd done and um, how they did things and what they gave back to the community of Portsmouth. And um, uh, upon listening to it, I was thinking, you know, do you know what? This is absolutely amazing. Why aren't I doing something like that? And so just just being inspired by what they were saying, um, that, that that's what led me to join up. Mali. The lifeboat's always been part of the community here at Morvanevin and Postinshine. It's just always been a part of the conversation between the local folk here from, you know, the call-outs to the fundraising. It's just always been there. I remember as a child being so excited uh, whenever I heard the maroons go off, no matter what time of day or night it was, and um, either cycling down to the beach or to the Cliffs car park just to watch the lifeboat launch, or in the night... Um, I'd stand in the window with my dad watching all the car lights driving along the golf course down to the station. It was all quite thrilling, really, uh, to say the least. Also, the beach here was, uh, in fact, our playground when we were growing up. We used to go down to the beach all year round just to play and hang out after school, on weekends, during holidays, um, whenever we got a chance, really. So... My lifeboat journey began about 10 years ago when I joined. Um, Another female crew member had already joined then, so I guess that kind of opened the door for me, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? RNLI has a long and proud history of saving lives at sea. How much is that heritage taught as part of the culture, uh, and does it inspire you to do what you do? Um, So in in our Thames stations, we were relatively new to the to the game um it all started after the marchioness disaster that we're sort of told all about within the thames stations and how obviously a, a disaster on the river that that didn't really have a, a specific response to it it was just reliant on 
various other boats and the fire and the police um it, it, it the the rescue operation didn't go as ma- amazingly well i mean it, it, they did really good job but it, it wasn't it wasn't a great uh, result um and since then they've decided that actually what would be better is to have a professional rescue service actually on the on the thames all the time that are very competent with boats uh, and dealing with those sorts of situations and so that's kind of been the ethos of our station is is to constantly keep reminding ourselves of why we have these thames stations uh, and and what we're trying to obviously prevent as best we can but also then help out if 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 things do go wrong um so Amsterdam has a really long history of saving lives at sea and our boat is just turning 30 years old this year which means we're spending extra time celebrating the history of the station which has really brought home to me just how many lives this station has saved and in fact the boat that I'm uh, go out on calls on has saved we still get a lot of the old crew coming down to the station for a catch-up or when we get shouts to have a chatter with us about about what the shout was. And um, it really feels like part of history going off when your pager goes off and you go and you go out on that shout, you know that you're part of a crew of, of 50 to 100 uh, previous volunteers who have done the same, who have felt that adrenaline go through them when the pager goes off and gone to the answer to the lifeboat shed and gone out to go and... Sometimes there's no idea what you're going out to or what you're getting yourself into or how long you're going to be out for. I guess the same feelings that I have now are the same feelings that the crew had 30, 50 years ago when they were going out to sea as well. Although, thankfully, the technology and the safety side of things has come on a bit since then. Yeah, I, I think it does. Ports for Lifeboat has a, um, has, has, has a long history, dating back to the early 1900s. I mean, you know, it, it swapped location in between but it's very much still with us i mean we've just had a new d-class on station and um it's named after one of the helms who got the um bronze gallantry medal so you know it's very much still there with us at the moment the rnli have been here at poston shine since 1864 so that's over 150 years ago we have lots of photographs and pictures of the old crew members and the previous lifeboats in our crew room and all around the station from you know the days of the old wooden boats with oars that were pulled down to the sea by horses and um, crew members with really long beards and cork vests or, or life jackets and I think that it's so important just to see these pictures every time you go down to the station really and maybe just take a second or two to reflect and, and remember and just appreciate how fortunate we are today at Postin Shine with um, a new station and and a Tamer class lifeboats and you know all the latest pieces of kit. We're really just so privileged, I feel. And sure, you know it really does inspire me to do what we do and um, just to keep the tradition going at Postin Shine. To many, you're considered heroes. I don't think that's said lightly at all. It's, uh, you know, it's even a bit of a superhero comparison with how the pager goes off. You have to run out and get changed into your gear in a, in a flash, a matter of moments. Uh, I've seen it with Tom up at the workshop. Uh, he'll be sat in the middle of a boardroom meeting or a design meeting or just in the kitchen talking and you know, the pager goes off, everything's dropped, he's gone. But how do you personally view volunteering and the work you do with the RNLI? Um, so I, I started at the station and I was very much keen to come down and help 
my experience being on the ambulance with the, the casualty care and help to train people. So like, I mean, it's great being on the boat. It's great when the, you know, the pager goes off and you, you, you want to get out and help someone. And, and definitely the first thing that I'll be doing is apologizing to my girlfriend as I'm running out the door <laughs> for another, uh, another call. Um, but yeah, the biggest part for me is, 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 is sharing my knowledge with the other crew. Um, and I love going and talking to the, the school kids and, and helping them, you know, learn about water safety, um, learn more about how they, they can help others on the water as well. You know, so it's, it's, it's just a case of, of trying to prevent these accidents happening. And it's, it's great being out and going out and help people. But ultimately, what would be ideal is that we wouldn't have to, you know, that, that, that they would, everyone would be, would be safe on the water. I actually see every single one of my uh, fellow crew members as superheroes. I don't see myself as that in the slightest. I'm still the clumsy, daft Emily that um, my family and friends know. But I guess when you get into that mindset that you're out on a show and you potentially could be saving someone's life, you do have this um, kind of mindset that completely changes um, your focus and it's sort of eyes on the task in hand and doing the best that you can. I don't see myself as a superhero whatsoever, but I absolutely, um, we have two boats that answer the lifeboat station and when I see the other one going out on a shout alongside us and next to us, I look at them and I think, my God, these people are amazing. But really they're the same crew as me and some days it's me that's on that boat too, so it's, it's quite stupid that we don't see ourselves in that way, but yeah, the the awe and excitement of seeing lifeboat crew doesn't wear off even when you're one yourself. It's, it's very hard to, I mean, like a lot of people ask, like, you know, or say like your, your heroes and stuff like that. I mean, to, to me, I don't personally feel <clears throat> feel like a hero, but, you know, looking around at the crew, I, I, I do think they're heroes and I'm really inspired to be like them and those that came before them. You know, but personally myself, no, I, I just um, see myself just like everyone else and they're willing to, do their part to help. Heroes. Well, I definitely don't consider myself to be a hero. I think that the volunteering work you do is something that's ingrained in you as a person. Uh, that being the fact that you want to do your bit and, and, and just help somebody out. Um, I think it's the idea of somebody being out there at sea that really, really need your help. Um, there's absolutely no bravado about it at all. Um, it's just about going out there to sea to rescue somebody's life and, and that's it. Sea conditions you're going out with are most certainly not for the faint-hearted, um, even with the training, equipment. Do you remember a time when you were particularly scared or daunted during a rescue? Uh, so it, it'll always be like your first. So I remember my first shout uh, was to a capsized catamaran and the, the weather was particularly snotty. So like if, if you would see us from shore, you'd see the boat, then you wouldn't, and you'd see it, then you won't. You know, it's, it's always things like that because as you go through, you, you get more used to going out and seeing what you see. I mean, every day is different, but, you know, you, you more, you're more expecting to know what's going to go on at the other end. Um, you know, I remember the first time as well, I went to a sinking sailing yacht and, you know, to be up close and see something like that and how quickly it can unfold, um, it, it, it did get me a bit unnerved. I think from the very start being on the lifeboat, you really feel how safe you are being on board one of those vessels and with all the kits, so the 
I actually think it'd be quite hard to to drown in the lifeboat gear. They've designed the RNLI have designed it that well that the life jackets and your yellows that you wear and your helmet are all designed to to save your life if they need to. Um, so I haven't ever particularly felt unsafe ever during a shower, which is which I'm really grateful for. Um, but I think it can be quite daunting. So the the boat that we're on, it has these bells that suddenly start seem to ring when you are in bigger seas and when the boat tilts more than a certain direction in one way or another, there's some little bells that start ringing. So it's when you hear those, you kind of know that you're you're in a in rough weather, like you're feeling it anyway, and then you hear hear that noise and you know that that's um, that confirms yeah it is rough. Um, I think I've also felt a little bit scared or daunted when we, we've been on searches looking for people and the sea just feels so vast and so huge and the weather was, has been pretty bad in some cases and you're looking for a person that's out like on their own in the middle of that sea and this the horizon ahead of you is moving up and down with the waves and you, the sea just feels so vast and you can't imagine that there's a person out there in the middle of all that and I think that's when you you feel quite frightened not for yourself but for whoever it is that's in that situation that's in, in amongst um, this ginormous vast sea so I, I do find that quite daunting because you feel like you're looking for a needle in a haystack and I can't tell you the relief um, when you find that person can you sum up your work with the RNLI in one word? Proud. Personally, I think that it's a scary thing not to be scared or, or afraid of the sea. I think that not even the most experienced uh, seaman or woman can be confident uh, in themselves that they know or can read the sea. Um, you've always, always got to be at the edge of your seat, no matter what the weather or sea conditions are like. And um, it is true what they say, the sea doesn't take any prisoners at all. Um, but uh, I do guess that maybe at the end of the day, you just have to put your faith in the fact that the RNLI have ensured that you and your fellow crew members have had the best training possible and are in the safest environment possible, uh, whatever the circumstances may be. Can you sum up your work with the RNLI in one word? Uh, so in one word, I'd say caring. Um, and I think it's not just from the point of view of helping others, but also from the, the family. Um, that within the lifeboat station, like I've come to this area and, and not known anyone and, and people are willing to, you know, come and show me the pubs and, you know, take me out and, 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 and have a chat with me and be very, very friendly. And I've, I've met probably some of the best friends that I've ever had, um, you know, just at this lifeboat station. So it's been really good for me. Um, so, yeah, def definitely caring. In one word. Um, I, I say commitment, um, you know, and I, I, I use that very loosely, you know. Um, committed to the crew, committed to the job, um, you know, committed to, you know, put down whatever you're doing to uh, answer the pager. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, most importantly, I suppose, committed to that person that you're going out to, to uh, rescue. Fulfilling. Yeah, for sure. A little one that might be a little bit more personal to, to you and, and, and where you are down on Teddington. Um, 
uh, as a paramedic in your day job, online volunteer outside of that, your life seems pretty much entirely geared around saving lives, safe to say, uh, yep. or caring, if you will. Um, what's, what's the driving force behind that? Are, you, are there skills you use to transfer across both? And I guess I'm assuming that you, you, you operate on the lifeboat as, as a paramedic as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it all started from my dad was a firefighter. Um, so I grew up, you know, in that sort of environment, the emergency service background. Uh, my twin brother, he um, joined, uh, went after my dad and he became a firefighter and everything like that. Um, and it was always something that I'd, I'd wanted to do. Um, I, the ambulance service sort of came up as an option. Um, I had a, a sort of a science degree. I thought, yeah, that, that's something I want to give a good, good go to. Um, then I joined the RNLI. Um, you know, I've got even more skills. So, you know, everything about water and dealing with water incidents has definitely helped me for when I've gone on the ambulance and dealt with similar water incidents. Um, so that the skills are definitely interchangeable. On, on the lifeboat, generally, I'm doing a lot of the CAS care. Most of the helms are quite happy when I'm on the boat because they know that I'll look after that. Um, so it's one less thing for them to think about. And um, I'm looking forward to my my career going on now. You know, I'm looking to get into the fire and rescue service as well. So that'll be that'll be three of the emergency services uh, all in one go. Um, so I'm really going to look forward to to keeping up, still being on an ambulance every so often, being a, a whole time firefighter for Surrey Fire and Rescue, and then and then still being on the lifeboat. So for me, yeah, it's a big big part of it is is helping others. Between your day job as a marine biologist and volunteer work with the RNLI, you are, you're, you're out at sea a lot. You must come across a fair bit of marine wildlife. When we're out on exercise, I um, certainly get a little bit distracted when we see dolphins going past. Um, it's sort of when we're, we sometimes simulate doing searches and we have to look out to see and pretend that we're looking for a person and then if I spot a dolphin's fin then it is a little bit distracting and it's hard not to shout that you've seen something um yeah but then on a shout I've been out on long shouts in areas where I know that there's been like humpback whales or monkey whales or something else sighted in the area recently and it's really I have to put the game face on and forget about all of those um, marine mammals that in your working life you'd be out there looking for and just concentrate on the task in hand to get into the, the boat that you're going out to to go and help them. And it is completely like fl flicking a switch, like you spot some things that normally you'd be so excited to see and it's just like, oh that's great, like get back to tying the knots or whatever it is that you're doing at that time. You've got a bit of a TikTok following um yourself is that right you still you, you still engaging in that uh yeah yeah we're still in i think we're we've gone a bit too far down the rabbit hole to uh to stop that on that one <laughs> at the moment. so through through okay so through your tiktok following you uh obviously you reach thousands of people um do you use that with you know a, a bit of a responsible mindset to you know share water safety educate um tell people about you know the very kind of real stories of the sea and uh what that what the RNLI is I mean absolutely because I mean at first it started off just um showing people like what we do uh, what we're about and it was it, you know I was showing the training side and stuff and more and more people are engaging back and it's like well actually you know there's, there's a big great message that the RNLI wants to put out and you know if, if I'm getting all this uh, attention then do you know what it, it, it helps us out you know because at the end of the day the less shouts the better isn't it 
And if we, if we can go out and um, educate the public, then that's just a fantastic job. And um, I, I was working down Victorious uh, over the weekend on a fundraising store, and I actually met a couple of fans from that Nova TikTok page. And then the, I asked, I asked each one, it's like, did you learn anything off the page? And they were telling me all about the safety information. And that's just brilliant, isn't it? As a long-standing member of the RNLI and with a partner who also serves as a volunteer, can you speak a little about the sense of community within the RNLI family? There's always been a sense of community within the RNLI family, certainly here at Postenstein, but I think on a wider scale also. Um, as a volunteer crew member, I can guarantee you that there will be a warm welcome and a panad or a cup of tea at any lifeboat station you visit. Um, living in a small village like Morven Evan, we're so fortunate to have such great support from the local people and tourists alike, and, and that being all year round. Uh, it's always been like that. Um, I really do think that RNLI Postenstein holds a very special place in the hearts of many RNLI supporters all over the country. I hope you enjoyed that one, a glimpse into the lives of those saving lives. Of course, we were only really able to scratch the surface in here with countless other diverse and inspiring volunteers across the country. Maybe there's a short RNLI breakout series in there somewhere. I would implore you to find out more about the RNLI and ways in which you can get involved, donate, raise money or even become a volunteer yourself. In the meantime, you can discover the limited edition collection over on our website, finisterre.com, of which 10% of every sale from the RNLI and Finisterre collection goes to support the vital work of the RNLI. Thanks to Gareth at Chatterbox Audio for helping us put the show together. Thanks to CJ Mirror for sound design. And goes without saying, thanks to the RNLI and all the volunteers inshore and offshore for their service. It's nothing short of heroic. If you're listening via the usual podcast platforms, subscribe to be the first to know about future episodes. And we'll see you next time.